Welcome to the Gathering at Adel's Sermon of the Week. This message is by Pastor Jeff Hopkins. As you listen, we pray that you will be encouraged, empowered, and enriched. Thank you. God bless. There was a virgin named Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. <laughs> he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no I know that's the Christmas message, but man, what, what a beautiful name. He will be called the Lord Most High. We've been singing about his name. We've been exalting him, recognizing that he reigns above it all. And can I just, can I ask you to partner with me? Like, don't just listen to me pray, but can you pray with me? Man, it, it's just that story of Jesus where he asked his disciples to pray. Hey, will you stay up and pray with me? And they kept falling asleep. And he said, man, the hour is near. Can you not even stay awake? And so I'm asking you, the hour is near. There's a, there's a late young lady. Her name is Katie. She's friends with the s Wines. She's 30 years old. They found legions in her brain. It could either be, it could be bad. And can I just say, there's no greater name than the name of Jesus. And can I say, can you just pray with me for a second? Don't listen to me, but just pray. Father, we just present Katie before you right now. Father, we've declared with our mouth that you are Lord over all. But Father, I know it in my heart. I've seen it with my eyes that you reign above it all. And so Father, I pray for a miracle for Katie. Father, in the, in the midst of doubt and darkness, Father, may they see light and hope. May your faithfulness be proclaimed over Katie and over her body and over her brain. May, may the testimony of who you are be spoken about for years to come because of today. It's not enough to know it in our heads. We have to believe it in our hearts that he is able to do all that he, even more than we can ask or imagine. Father, I say this about you all the time, but you are better than I even know. You're better than I expected. And Father, may, may your goodness be presented today. May Katie see you as the one true living God. May her heart be overcome with peace today. 
we say you reign above it all. In Jesus' name. One more thing. There, there's a guy, Tony, if y'all know him. We call him Papa Tony around here. Papa Tony's ministering in Disney, Oklahoma today to as part of Teen Challenge to some teen boys that need a breakthrough today. Can y'all pray with me for Tony? For the Lord to show up. Father, we just thank you for the, this ministry that Tony's a part of. I believe it's Mercy Hand Ministries. Father, we just pray over that this time today. Father, may, may these teenage boys, may they see you for who you really are today. Father, may they quit running. And may they just be overwhelmed and overcome with your love for them. May every wound, every hurt, and every brokenness, may it be satisfied today in your presence. Father, may you use just mere men to speak. May your kingdom go forth today. May lives be changed and may hearts be surrendered. Father, those that are lost, may they be found in you today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know that when God speaks to you, he, he also says, hey, Joel, you're highly favored. He doesn't see you as the world sees you, as your family sees you. But he looks at us and he calls us sons and daughters. I... Uh, I know that I, I operate in that well. Sometimes my wife has to say, why do you think you're his favorite so much? Quit talking. You know, like I love, I love the Lord and I know that he did a great work when he made me, you know. And so, but, but sometimes when I'm up here, I, maybe I don't always convey that because I, I, there, there's a weight that comes on a man that, that who's been, called by God to deliver the word to the people. And so I, I come from a place of humility up here. And when you see me outside of there, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll be all about me. And, and when I'm here, I, so, but if I've ever talked where you felt less about this position, I apologize for that because where, where I am just a mere man, there is a calling on my life to preach the word. And so I don't want to take that for granted, but yet I, I want to come from a place of humility where I just look at the word and, and I see the people in the word and I just go, man, Lord, why did you choose me to, you know, why am I among them? And then he just speaks it over you because you're blessed and highly favored. So, man, we are in Ephesians today 
And can you like, we finished Galatians, took, took a little bit, didn't take as long as other places have taken, you know, but, didn't, but we, we really tried to honor the word here and, and work through it and give proper weight to it. Man, Galatians is so, was so good. Paul just comes, I mean, just out of the gate in Galatians, you know, and he's like, man, my name is Paul. I'm an apostle sent by God, not from man, you know, and he just lets them have it. He's like, how dare y'all have fallen away? Like, how quickly did it happen? And he just like, it's kind of a harsher letter. And we talked about that. We, we, talk, we looked at, he's very direct and he's like, you guys are, are trying to do it by yourselves again? Like, you started in, in the spirit and now you're trying to manifest it in, in the flesh and you think that you can do it on your own. And so Galatians was all about that, the, the gospel of grace, which that's the only gospel there is. It's the gospel of grace where it's by grace that we've been saved through faith. And so Galatians comes through there and it's a little bit of a heavier tone. You, you turn to Ephesians and man, Ephesians is like, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, to the faithful servants in Christ Jesus at Ephesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. There, there's a tone in there. there there's a, not that there wasn't a love for Galatians, but, but there was a love there. But there's, there's something that's different in Ephesians where then he comes into verse 3. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heaven and Christ. And, and there's a joy that's in, in, in Paul in Ephesians. And we are sharing this week at, at, on family night just in, in the study. What, what's interesting is in Ephesians, Paul is writing this from prison. This is one of, one of the prison epistles of Paul. But yet there's a change in Paul where he wasn't as bewildered at what could happen to people, but he re really began to speak into people's lives. And, and Ephesians is a great uh, book. It, it won't take us that long to get through there. What I love is really when you begin to look at Ephesians, uh, the first three chapters, once again, uh, Paul kind of does this in a lot of his letters. The first three chapters are kind of these ideas and concepts and really hitting home on these things. And then the last three chapters of Ephesians, it really turns into practical applications. And so you have chapters 1, 2, and 3, chapters 4, 5, and 6, and they're hung together by this one word, therefore. And so 1, 2, 3, he runs through here, and he's like, hey, there's this, this, and this. And then Paul goes in, in chapter 4, the very first word says, therefore. And then he lays it out on, on how to walk out some of these things. And so we're going to be in, in Ephesians chapter 1. We're really going to be looking at uh, verses 3 through 14. It should be up on the screen if you didn't bring your Bible. If you didn't and you don't want to look at the screen, there should be Bibles on, under most of the chairs in front of you. And so you can grab one of those. But if you want to read with me, or I'll read, y'all pay attention. <laughs> I always say read with me, and that, that would not go well. So. Verse 3, blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in, in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. Verse 5, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, 
the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. Verse 11, in him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. Verse 13, in him you also were seated with the, sealed with the promise, Holy Spirit, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is the word not just, is it not just beautiful? To me, that what, what stuck out in these verses, and it continues to go through this, but it says, in him we have redemption through his blood. In him we have also received an inheritance. In him you were also sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. There's this idea of being in him. To where in Galatians it was, why are you trying to do this on your own? He's saying, hey, Ephesians... The key is to be in him. That, that apart from him, there is no life. Apart from him, you can do no good thing. But in him, and we have these promises. In him is a, is a foundational concept of our walk with God. If we place Jesus at the very heart of our faith, then we will continually be in him. As soon as we remove him as the center of our faith and we make it about me and we make it about what I can do, what I can bring, how I serve, how I give, all of those things. Or if I just try harder, then, then what you're doing is you're putting yourself at the center of the gospel because it's about you. And man, what a time we live in. And I'm sure it's been like this for a long time. But don't we like to put ourselves at the center of everything? I mean, it's Jeff Hopkins and man, the world right there. In my flesh, that's what it is. It revolves around me. But when we go and we become in him, then we're willing to die to ourselves, willing to lower ourselves, to walk in humility, and to place him at the center because that is the foundation of our faith. Him at the very center. If he didn't have to be at the center, then he wouldn't have ever had to come in the first place. But look, listen to this in him, in Christ Jesus. Romans six eleven. it says that you are alive to God in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. In Christ, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You see, this in him, in Jesus Christ, it's a concept from, from the beginning to the end that is crucial and foundational. If you try to step out on your own, you will fail every time. You are not good enough. Jeff Hopkins is not good enough to overcome sin on his own. Can't do it. And as soon as I step out and I think 
I've got this, that's when I've already been fooled. But to place him at the center of it all says, I will lower myself. I will die to myself so that your will is what's central to everything that I do and say. our, our, Our vision, our mission here is that we exist to display and declare the glory of God. Which means if I exist to display, that means it's him that's on display. Not look at me, not look at us and look at what we are doing. But we want to display and we want to declare the glory of God. So that everything we do, we place him at the center of it. All the words. If you ever catch me talking about how good Adele is and the people are here and the staff is, please correct me and say, man, you have lost your mind. You, you are now thinking you are something because I'm not. It's in him where we are found. And that has to be the center. Where it's not that we die and we no longer cease to exist. But it's that in him we have fullness of who we were created to be. You see that, that when me and my wife got married, the word says in Genesis 2.24 that, that for this purpose, a man will leave his house, right? They'll come together. They'll become one flesh. In marriage, me and my wife are one flesh. It doesn't mean that I had to die to who I was and, and that Jeff no longer exists as you know him. Although there are some things that were probably improved by me by marrying my wife. For, you know, you learn things, they help you out. But, but what happens is that when we are become one flesh, I don't lose who I am. I get to now walk in the fullness of who God created me to be because I cannot be who I, was, who I was intended to be without my spouse. She fulfills me, or there's a movie that is, you know, You Complete Me, you know, Mini Me, whatever, whatever movie that is. That, that's that, that concept, that idea, is that we, sorry, Brady's going to be gone for the rest of the sermon now. He can't help it. But when you walk into this, in him means that I still exist, but yet I walk in the fullness of who God created me to be. I don't lose who I am. I don't have to no longer try to be all of these things. Like, no, God has gifted me in these areas. And so now in him, I can walk in the fullness that God has created me yeah. to be. There, there's a movie uh, called uh, A Night's Tell. It's an older movie, Heath Ledger. And he uh, tricks his way into becoming a knight or you know from royalty and he's in this jousting competition and and he wants to prove his love for this lady and he thinks the way to do it is to by winning the competition and 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 they they have a meeting and she's like do you love me and he said yes how, how can I show you my love he goes I'll show you my love I'll go out and win your beauty will be displayed in my victory. And she, she said, look at you. She said, if you love me, if you want to show me that you love me, then you'll lose. And he said, How, what do I gain by losing? If I lose, then I'm only a loser. She said, you think that by you winning shows your love, but actually what, what will show that you love me is if you'll lose, do your worst. Where in Jesus we go, Lord, I love you and I'm going to do so good. Look, look at, man, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go higher than, than my parents went. And I'm going to set my kids up to where they're better off. And the Lord is saying, hey, if you, if you love me, just go lower. Quit putting yourself at the center. 
Quit building your kingdom. Go lower and exalt his kingdom. In him is crucial and foundational. Because apart from that, we have nothing to offer. If I try to do this on my own, I will stumble and fall. But if I can do this in him, if I can, if I can be a pastor in him, if I can be a husband in him, if I can be a father in him, if I can be a co-worker in him, if I can be a friend in him, then that's where it's at. Because in him and only in him is where we find our identity and our position and our purpose. You see that in him is our identity. When we try to walk outside of who he's called us to be, then we will always wander and walk without purpose. We will be lost without him. But in him, we have our identity. You are a son in him. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High. There's nothing else that that can take, nobody can take that away from you. In him, you're you're not a liar. In him, you're not uh, ADD. In him, you're not a cheater. In him, you're not poor. In him, you're not wealthy. In him, you're not a doctor. In him, you're not a teacher. In him, no, in him, you're a son and a daughter. That is your identity. But we try to find our identity based on the earthly things, things that people can see. And that's where we try to get our identity from. And so once people see us as something, then we do all that we can to keep up the appearance that we are that thing. You do something good for somebody, and they're like, oh, man, you're so good. So now you have to do everything that you can to never lose that status, the way that they view you in their mind. But in him, we find our identity, we find our purpose. You see, we, not only that, but we find our position, and our position is that we are seated with him. Without him, we wander Without him, we go astray. Without him, we're lost. But in him, we have purpose and value. You see, I I said it at the beginning of the service, and I say it quite a bit, but there's no one else that can ascribe value and worth to you except the Father. Everybody else that ascribes value and worth to you is based on your value and worth to them. If people say that you are a good person, if your wife says you're a good husband, she's saying you're a good husband because of what you do for her. But the father ascribes value and worth, not because of anything you can do, because we all know that we can't do anything. He doesn't see you as valuable because of what you can say and do and of who you can reach and impact. And the, He sees you valuable just for who you are. But that only comes from time being in him and walking with him. There is security And there's acceptance in him. I mean, to be able to walk with him and to be able to be in him, there is a security that comes with that. Where I never have to wonder if he loves me and cares for me, if he's for me or if he's against me. Because there's security that when I walk with him, I see his goodness and his faithfulness. Does it mean that I get everything that I pray for, everything that I ask for? No, because he's a good father, and he knows what's right for me. But in him, I'm secure in my identity. 
in him, I am accepted. Man, I, I mean, I, I, I loved high school. High school to me was so fun. Uh, mainly, right, not so much if you're my mom and you had to put up with Jeff who thought it was so fun. But I loved it. But man, to, to go back to junior high, come on. You couldn't pay me a billion dollars. Because what they're doing is they're trying to find their identity. They're so annoying. So just like fickle. Sorry. As y'all are in here this week. Should have saved that for when y'all are gone. But like, you know, like, because all they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to go, okay, do I like this? Is this cool? Is this fun? Is this acceptable? How do I dress? What do I? And without him... We're like that awkward teenager our entire life. Have you ever been around somebody that apologizes too much? And you're like, stop apologizing. They're like, I'm sorry. No, I just said stop doing that. But, but what happens is they, they need to be secure and accepted. And that's something that needs to be redeemed. And it's redeemed when they're walking in him and they're with him. In him is foundational because now we have access to the spiritual blessings and we'll get to those later on maybe not today we'll see we have access to spiritual blessings in him apart from him right you remember john 15 the vine and the branches hey remain in me and i'll remain in you obey my but he says the first part of john 15 i think it's verse one and two it's like hey but but if you're not with me you don't bear that fruit then i'll cut you off throw you out that's what happens if we're not in him. We can do no good thing. But in him, and we have access to spiritual blessings. You see, in the, in the Old Testament, in the old way of doing things, the Lord blessed people with material things. Like, like, let, let me just turn. It's kind of a lengthy uh, Deuteronomy passage. Deuteronomy chapter 28. This is like the Lord blessing people. All right, so I'll, I'll read it, and then uh, we'll kind of go through, through that. Now, if you faithfully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all his commands, I am giving you today, the Lord your God will put you far above the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come and overtake you because you obey the Lord. You will be blessed in the city and the country. Your offspring will be blessed. Your land's Produce will be blessed, the offspring of your livestock, including the young of your herds, right? Your basket and kneading bowl will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and when you go out, right? The Lord will cause your enemies to rise, the enemies to rise up against you to be defeated. Uh, it goes through there. The Lord will grant you a blessing on your, bar, on your barns and on everything you do. He will bless you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. He will establish you as a holy people, right? The Lord will make you prosper abundantly with offspring, the offspring of your livestock and your land's produce and the land, right? He will open up an abundant storehouse, the sky, he'll give you rain, like all these things. Like the Lord is blessing you in the Old Testament. To bless you, the Lord bless you with material things, right? When they talk about Abraham, Abraham was blessed, right? And when, when they followed that up, that Abraham was blessed, they counted the number of livestock that he had, the, the land and all of that, Right? Job, who went through all of that, and it says that he was more blessed than when he began because he got double of everything, everything material. But in him, we have access to spiritual blessings that far outweigh those things. Material possessions was how the Lord used to bless people. Now it's through the 
spiritual blessings. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that he does not bless us through material things at all. But the primary focus, the center of who we become and what we receive from him is not material, but it's spiritual. Not only that, but in him we have transformation and renewal. That, that in him, that 2 Corinthians 5.17, that in Christ Jesus, you're a new creation. The blessing that he gives us, that, that to walk in him means that we live a transformed life. Our lives should be transformed when we're in his presence. The things that we used to deal with and struggle with should no longer be a holdup. They should never, they, they should, because we're being transformed, conformed into his image. That, that we're being made new, that the old is gone and the new has come. And so when we look at when we walk in him, that we, we walk with him and we're transformed. We're renewed. We're made new. Just real quick on, on how we do that, but one thought is to be in him is a daily journey of faith and relationship. A continuous steadfastness to grow in, his, in our understanding for his love, aligning ourselves with his word and relying on him in every area of our life. It's a daily journey of faith and relationship. To be in him is not a one-time decision. To be in him is not a one-time desperate cry of help and then once you receive what you want, you get the answer that you were looking for, then you turn away from him and go back to who you were. But in him is a daily walk where, where we journey with him day in and day out. And we have to learn how to do that because our tendency is to go astray. Our tendency is to go, uh, thank you for that, and now I'll take that and go, go my own way. But to remain in him, according to that John 15, the vine and the branches, let me, let me read that, just, just one part, because that's what's key to remaining in him. It says, as it's verse 9 of John 15, As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. The key to remaining in him is to continue to walk in that understanding that you are loved. He says, remain in my love. Keep in your mind the fact that you're loved. Because when you understand that you're loved, then that sin that so easily entangles you, and when I say you, I, I mean me, us. When that sin that so easily entangles us, it's not so easy anymore. Because I know that I'm loved. And if I know that I'm loved, then I know that he's going to care for me. If I know that I'm loved, I know that he's going to protect me. If I know that I'm loved, then I know that he'll provide for me. And so in order to remain in him means that we have to continue to walk in the understanding of his great love for us. And that seems so 
not like a checklist where you're like, okay, what, you want me to remain in him, Jeff? What do you want me to do first? How many, how many chapters of the Bible do you want me to read today? How much money do you want me to give today? What area do you want me to sign up for ministry today? No, what I want you to do is I want you to walk in an awareness of his love for you. When you begin to do that, then you'll notice that the words that you use towards your spouse, towards your situation will change. If you realize that you're loved, then my words change. My heart changes. My actions change. To remain in him means to remain in his love. To remain in that understanding that you are loved. It says that that you have to live according to his word. He says, obey my commands. To remain in him means that you have to be dedicated to this thing right here. Because as soon as you walk out of here, there are so many different viewpoints, so many different things that the world says is okay. And actually that, that other churches and sometimes this guy will say, hey, this is okay or this is wrong, this isn't right. And, and you go, well, okay, I, I guess it is. No, remain in his word. Obey his commands. That's how you remain in him. How can two walk together unless they're in unity? How can you be in unity with him if, you, if you're not dedicated to the word? Because John, the gospel of John starts off, the, hey, in the beginning was the word and the word was with him. Like Jesus is the word. To remain in him is to remain in his word. If you don't love the word, you can't love him. It's impossible. If you open this up and it's just a task of like, oh, i got to read this thing again. I'm on day 276 of my year in the Bible and i just got to finish it, you know. If you open it up, those things are good, by the way. They help you out, stay in the word. So I wasn't bashing it. I was just saying like if it comes to the point where you're like, I just got to do this. This is what I got to do. I got to read three chapters a day if I'm going to make it. If there's not a love for the word, then there's not a love in your heart towards him. The only way to remain in him is to remain in his word. Because right now we live, we live in this age of information. But have you noticed like it's false? Right? Like, like churches are, are teaching things contrary to the word. And they're saying that this is true. And you're like, okay, I, I guess I don't have a good understanding of, of the Greek and I must have missed it. And no. The only way to know if it's truth is to dig into his word. Love his word and you will remain in him. Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me to do and I only say what the Father tells me to say. How much more clear is that? To remain in him means not only do we have to constantly be aware of his love for us, not only does it mean that we have to be committed to his word to know right living and how to be holy and blameless before him, but also his spirit. He gave us his Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it is better for me to go away because I'm going to give you somebody that's better for you. You, will, you cannot remain in him and not be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was a gift given by God to lead you and guide you into all truth and all understanding. Now, now we've taken the Holy Spirit and we've made it, we've focused it on like two or three Bible verses and like we think that's the be all end all when the, when the word is filled with it. His spirit is there to lead us and guide us, to comfort us. You, you cannot be in him 
and be apart from the Spirit. It, that's, like, that's like you inviting me over to dinner and saying, hey, uh, your wife's not invited. She would actually enjoy that. She's like, ooh, yes, I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> that's not it, though. <laughs> but we're one flesh. You don't get me without her. We don't get to say, I love the Lord. I love Jesus. He's so good. I love the word. And say, but the spirit, I don't know. I don't understand it. And I just, I, I don't want to mess with that. That's for, the, that's for the other denominations. To remain in him is to walk a life that's led by the Holy Spirit. Because you'll have the word and you've got it. And you start, you're going, it's like, uh, a good example is just like loving your neighbor as yourself, right? Okay, there's, there's the word, I got it. Without the Spirit, you'll drive right past the person that's on the side of the road. And, and it's like, you know, in that morning, you could have just read, love your neighbor as yourself. And you're like, man, that's so good, such a good word. And you'll drive right past the people in need. But the Holy Spirit will go, hey, you got that jack that can, that will go a lot quicker there on the side of the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right there. To remain in him goes, man, I'm going to follow his spirit. I'm going to follow his word, and I'm going to be led by his love. I'm going to walk in a constant reminder of his love for us. It's like a whole nother one, and I can see my wife looking at me like, we're going to leave it at that today. Next week is going to be phenomenal. We're going to be back in Ephesians chapter 1. Can I encourage you to to study through this, to read. Don't, don't just glance at it. Don't just like, but daily dig into the word. You, you can go into Acts chapter 19, and that will talk to you about the, the founding of the church in Ephesus. You can begin to study in that thing. But can I, I, I want to end with this because th this will trip you up if you're not careful. There, there's one word in here, and it's mentioned twice, and it can really be misleading. And we're not going to go into all of it today, but I want to give you something to chew on. Number Verse 5 in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Then down in uh, verse 11, In him we have an, also have an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement. That, that one word will trip up people, predestined. Can I encourage you this week to just get alone with the Father and ask him about it? In, in the context of Ephesians, it says that we were predestined to be holy and blameless and to be adopted as sons. It says that we were predestined to have an inheritance. Predestination has, according to this word here, nothing to do with salvation. But where, if you're not careful, you'll, you'll take a theology off of a couple of verses and go, oh, predestined. So predestination, the, the predestination is not talking about God choosing some for salvation and some for eternal punishment. But it says that he's predestined us. He's writing to the church at Ephesus. He's writing to the church, the people. And he says, you were predestined, you were chosen to be sons and daughters, to be holy and blameless. You were predestined for an inheritance. It's crucial to have that understanding. 
Because you, you look at one passage here, but then you can look at all the passages. I think I actually have them up there because it's, it's that important. Like John 3.16. Look at it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have eternal life. Whoever believes in him. All right, next one. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Next one. Oh, okay, this is four verses. First Timothy 2, 3 through 6. This is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for, say it with me, all a testimony at the proper time. One, there's two more. First John 2, 2. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Last one, 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. I want to leave, I want to leave you with that because it's important to know. God desires for all men to be saved, that none should perish. Don't get caught up on that word predestination. But we are predestined and we are chosen to be holy and blameless, adopted as sons of God, to receive the inheritance that he has for us. And so we're going to end with that. Can I say, walk in him today. Try See what happens. Lean into him. Be the son and daughter that he's called you to be. Become a lover of the word. Become obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit and walk in knowing that you are loved by him. Father, we just thank you for your word today. Thank you that, that it is true. Every word is true that's in this book. Father, may, may, may this word change us and transform us today. Father, may we walk in a confidence knowing that we are yours. May we walk with identity and purpose this week. Father, may our lives be transformed when we're with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have a Christmas Eve service on December the 24th at 5 p.m. candlelight service. But I was going to tell you too, y'all y'all are free to kind of get up. Next week we're going to have some angel tree tags. Uh, this is through a ministry called Hope Local. And so uh, we're going to have some tags up there. Our goal is to only provide you opportunities. And that's all we can do. You guys can pray about if that's something that you and your family can partake in and participate in. Uh, but we'll have the opportunity there for you. But uh, look forward to seeing you guys next week or family night on Wednesday night.